Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Sarah and I here in the studio again today. And we're going to talk about the birth of our third child, Cielo. Cielo Cito. Who is now one and a half? Almost. almost. One and six months. That's a half. Yeah. It is. <laughs> You're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's less than that. That way it's four months. Anyways, he's around that age. Um, yeah. Sweet little guy. I was absolutely convinced that he was a girl the whole time that I was pregnant with him. I think everybody was. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start conception of Cielo. What's his name? Cielo. Cielo Silver Anka, which means... Right. Sky silver eagle, <laughs> which yeah, Sounds that's like an airplane. That's actually a really good place to start because um, we were not planning to have another baby quite yet, and actually, it's a little bit blurry. I don't even remember exactly how <laughs> the conversation went of me discovering that I was pregnant again and telling Z. Yeah, that was a. I, I just can't remember exactly how it happened. You know, third time around. Yeah, not third time around. Two crazy little <laughs> toddlers running around. Things get blurry. Um. So. Anyway, it was sometime in the fall when we found out, and oh, I do remember that I was feeling, my body was feeling pretty good, but I was. Uh, what is the word? I felt, I didn't feel quite ready to be pregnant again. We'll mm-hmm. say that. And there was a couple of things going on because I had just started my apprenticeship with Susan, the local midwife in the area. Mm-hmm. And I was about a month into it. And I specifically remember when I first sat down with her and I asked the question like, well, what happens if I get pregnant during mm-hmm. this process? And she was, you know, she said whatever she said. And then about a month later, I sat down with her and I was like, so I'm pregnant. <laughs> I, I didn't ask you that before because <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I just, uh-huh. maybe somewhere I knew. But, um, and you were also breastfeeding both of the older kids at the time, right? Or no? I was. Yes, you were. Yes. It seems like so long it ago. It feels so long ago. <laughs> That's true. Because mm-hmm. let's see, it was Mayu's third birthday and I, coming up, she turned three in February and I remember saying, after you turn three, mm-hmm. we're all done with the milk. And it was right around then that my milk stopped on its own. Mm-hmm. And then Eno was also stopped nursing. And he was only about a little over a year and a half. He was a pretty good sport about it. He was a very good sport. His whole relationship with nursing, he was never super attached to it anyway. He was always like a very quick nurser, mm-hmm. and which is really interesting. I reflect on that relationship and our relationship to each other a lot anyways but how did that feel for you at that time like all of a sudden you couldn't provide for your children in the way that you had been well for Mayu it felt great I was really (laughs) really really ready to be done nursing her I had very strong nursing aversion with Mayuna Mm -hmm. which if you've never experienced it it's hard to describe and if you have you know what I'm talking about because I my whole body just cringed when she would latch on like it was so intense it's hard to watch sometimes. Oh my gosh, it was so intense. Um, but with Enoa, I was sad. It still makes me mm-hmm. a little sad. Like I wish that I could have nursed him longer. But at the same time, I think my body was just and th- my first pregnancy or second pregnancy when I was pregnant with Enoa, my milk continued throughout the whole mm-hmm. pregnancy. So I think the third time around, my body was just ready to put more nutrients into yeah. itself and not out of itself. There's been too many pregnancies too close together. Yeah. To yeah. So for a minute. I just took that as a sign and um, yeah, it felt 
it did feel good to not have so many little people mm-hmm. crawling on me <laughs> and touching sensitive areas. Um, things get so blurry. I'm just even trying to remember my pregnancy. Yeah, do you remember anything about how you felt at the beginning? Oh, yeah. So I remember having that conversation with Susan and telling her that I was pregnant and she was very... I remember she didn't say congratulations, which I appreciated because I think she's been around enough pregnant people that she knows that not every single time is the most exciting and happy time. Everybody feels different when they become pregnant. And she just asked me, how do you feel about that? And I just burst into tears. And I remember just telling her, like, I've waited so long to be like um, a an apprentice I've been Mm -hmm. wanting to do this for so long and I finally got here and here I am pregnant again and but you know it all it all worked out and we still have time we still have time and you know I think it all ended up fine because I remember a couple months into it feeling like I wasn't super 100% feeling aligned with her and the relationship Mm -hmm. we had to each other just felt I don't know I was a little confused about it. And then this whole global pandemic exploded. Yeah. It's crazy that that was almost two years ago. Time has been very weird since then. Yeah, absolutely. So I do remember I was holding a lot. And I think at one point over the winter, feeling extremely overwhelmed because mm-hmm. we were in school. We were in school. Yeah. We were in our first year of school. I was apprenticing with Susan. I was still doing farm responsibilities. I had the two toddlers and I was pregnant. And I remember there was a couple moments where I just broke down and I just felt Mm -hmm. like I can't do all of this. I'm so incredibly overwhelmed. And I think she felt that. And I ended up taking a little break. Susan felt that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember just sharing with her that I felt overwhelmed and I just needed to focus on school and she totally understood and then the pandemic happened and then I never really went back into it but Mm -hmm. as far as the rest of the pregnancy went um I felt pretty good in the beginning I remember pretty early on having a very powerful dream that I woke up and I went outside and I looked across the street there's at the time across from our house was just kind of a vacant lot or just forest like no there were no houses or Mm. anything and I remember looking out on the trees and there was this huge huge eagle nest like larger than life like Mm. the nest well I I don't know exactly how large eagle nests (laughs) are in real life but it was very big like six feet in diameter and these huge golden eagles were there and there was a mama and a baby and a papa and they were just enormous and so beautiful and they were just staring me straight in the eyes and Mm. so I felt right away that the baby had a connection with this bird this type of animal or was this spirit animal or whatever you want to call it (laughs) and um yeah that was very potent and yeah I felt pretty good throughout the pregnancy um did you feel I mean, I think a lot of people's reactions probably when you told them was like, oh, really? Wow. Did you did you feel that? Did you allow yourself to feel that? Or were you like you were just going to be the way you were and people were going to be a little funny about having three kids so close together? Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. I remember there were some reactions mm-hmm. that I didn't feel great about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember some people kind of rolling their eyes and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was hard for me. I think the hardest thing was feeling like people feeling this projection of like we didn't we weren't able to handle two kids and Mm. like that we were going to throw another one in the mix and that like we weren't Mm -hmm. be able to hold it. And that was hard for me feeling that judgment of. um, So, yeah, that was challenging. But I I discovered it somehow. Oh, yes. I remember we were trying to keep it a secret <laughs> for a couple months. And Mabel was so <laughs> pokey. She just nudging and nudging and nudging and nudging and nudging. And finally, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, we're pregnant. Can you stop bugging me about it? I was really excited. I know you were. Yeah, Mabel was super excited and supportive the whole time. And um, 
Mayuna named Cielo. Well, she didn't name him that. She named the baby Silver. She um, told everybody all about her baby sister, Silver. Yeah. I like. I think I was about four months along there when she named the baby. I don't remember. More or less. So to her, the baby, it was baby Silver for many, many months. And I was planning on naming the baby something else, but <laughs> we named the baby Silver as a, you know, mm-hmm. as an inside name. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see, I feel like we're kind of all over the place here. Well, we're um, still in the pregnancy for now. Yeah. Yeah. I think some challenging things that came up during the pregnancy was my body towards the end. I started having some major um, pain in my sacrum. Mm -hmm. And I also had, I think I pulled a ligament. Like there was this sharp shooting pain in the front. I think it was maybe my round ligament where it hurt to carry pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. And I remember it hurt Carried to get out of laundry baskets for you. Yeah. I remember it hurt to like lift up my leg to put on my pants. It hurt to walk mm-hmm. it, like even carrying a water bottle hurt. And that was super frustrating. And at that time it was in the beginning of the pandemic. And like, we had no idea what this thing mm-hmm. was and we, we weren't really taking any chances and we weren't going anywhere. Like we were ordering all our food online. And so to go see someone felt like mm-hmm. too big of a risk and, that's a regret that I kind of had, have, I kind of wish that I had gone and gotten somewhere. Gone to see Doctor like Lester. Yeah, I think I would have gone to the chiropractor, and I, I think it really would have made a big difference. Mm-hmm. But alas, so I what didn't. did you do for yourself at home that tried for anything that worked or that you tried? Remember, we taped you up with that. What is yeah, that we got that. Um, what is it called? KT I think it's called KT tape yeah I had Mabel tape up my belly and my back it was fun it helped a little bit (laughs) um I got some massages Uh, I don't really feel like anything did a whole lot I just had to be I the best thing that I could do was just like not carry anything really um so yeah let's see what else was happening I had planned for my mom. My mom was planning to come up and live with us. She like she bought a trailer and she parked <laughs> it outside of our house. And she came up early to help take care of the kids. Which was new because with the first two, it seemed like you weren't really interested in having her around for that time period. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. And I was also opening myself to the idea of actually having her at the birth, which she mm-hmm. was super excited about. S- sort of there. Yeah. Yeah, because the first two, like, I didn't want her there. I didn't even let her come for, like, a couple days or uh-huh. a week or something like that, um, which she was a really good sport about considering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she was really excited that I was, you know, letting her come in and closer. Yeah. And, yeah, I feel like I was taking pretty good care of myself eating-wise. And you didn't have any care provider at this point? You were oh, right. Yeah, so at this point I was... I was pretty on board with having a free birth. I, and I guess Z was open enough to the idea Mm -hmm. because we were pretty, I think I was probably eight months pregnant. And, um, yeah, I had just, well, Mabel was my main (laughs) care (laughs) provider. We would do prenatals and she would listen to the baby and feel the baby and, I don't think you were taking my blood pressure at that point. I don't think so. No, but she would feel the baby a lot. Which was really special for me to be able to feel this little yeah. creature growing. Yeah, definitely. And you have a pretty special connection mm-hmm. with him on the outside. Um, yeah, and then I think I was pretty sure I was going to give birth at home. I felt clear about that, that I just wanted to be in our house mm-hmm. because the previous two births were when well, Mayuna was in the sweat lodge and Inoa was just out in the forest (laughs) and um yeah home felt like the place to be Mm -hmm. and um and this was the home that you were trying to get finished building with Mayu or with Noe well both of them oh sorry something's beeping oh goodness okay um yeah so 
So you finally had your home for your home birth. Finally had my home. Yeah. The idea of just giving birth and taking a couple of steps to my bed felt like <laughs> the way to go this time. Uh-huh. No more climbing into trucks and driving anywhere five minutes after giving birth. And yeah, I got all the... Oh yeah. So I remember about a month out from the birth, I checked in with our alder Maestro Manuel and I said, I just want to let you know I'm planning on having a home birth with you know I'm not gonna hire a midwife or anything Mm and Mabel's gonna be there and she's gonna help and we've got herbs in case I you know start bleeding too much and he said are you sure and I said yeah and he was like you know it might be a good idea to just have someone else there like a trained midwife Mm -hmm. and I thought about it and I felt you know, when you have a teacher who's giving you suggestions about things, it's it's an interesting relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to listen because you have your idea of how you want to do things. But I actually felt open enough to it. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go along. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to take his advice. And so I remember, oh, yes, it was very awkward because the whole pregnancy, I was apprenticing with Susan, this mm-hmm. midwife. And I never, I feel like there was kind of like this <laughs> underlying thing of like, does she want to be at my birth? Mm-hmm. Should I invite her to be there? She never, I never had her like feel the baby or touch my belly. Like I just didn't feel like I wanted her to, I guess. So we're about a month out and I call her and I, and I let her know, Hey, I think, I think I am actually going to decide to mm. have, um, have someone there and for the record like if I felt really strongly in myself that I didn't want to then I wouldn't but it felt Mm. it felt in alignment to take his advice and she said okay well do you want to like do some prenatals with me and since it was still COVID like I met her in a Mm -hmm. park under a peach tree at the (laughs) playground it was actually really sweet and she hadn't seen me for a couple months and my belly had grown Mm -hmm. so much and got a big old belly with this guy yeah he was a big old boy <laughs> still is and yes yeah, sh- i think she took she wanted to take my blood i think just to see where my iron levels were at and things and so she drew my blood right there in the park sounds a little suspicious to watch that is actually the second <laughs> time that i've had my blood taken by a midwife just like in, in the, the grass park? outside yeah <laughs> with my una too Anyways, that's a different thing. But um, <laughs> she felt the baby. She said, everything feels great. Um, but there was this part of me underneath, deep down, that I wasn't quite sure if I wanted her to be the mm-hmm. one there. But I felt kind of obligated. And it was just kind mm-hmm. of this awkward thing. Yeah, I kind of remember this Yeah, struggle. But luckily, she was like, you know, I'm pretty busy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to be there. Mm-hmm. You should call Connie, this other midwife and see if she might be available and have you met connie yes because i well i met connie when i was pregnant with mayu oh right many years back and then i reconnected with her again because she was at um the lunch ladies group (laughs) no no no, she wasn't there because she was at brooks birth oh right and we had a really nice connection at brooks birth Mm -hmm. um just like a couple months prior Mm -hmm. and I felt really good with her and just loved her presence and she was just really calm and she's pretty great yeah so I felt really drawn to Connie at that point Mm -hmm. and so we kind of just left it open like when I go into labor I'm gonna call Susan and if she can come great and if she can't Mm -hmm. then I'm gonna call Connie and I was okay with that. And Connie was on board with not knowing you, not having any information about you prenatally and just coming to your birth? Or how did that conversation mm, go? More or less. I mean, I think, like, she had my blood work because Susan did mm-hmm. the blood work. I don't think I did, like, a GBS test. I didn't do a gestational diabetes test. And I think Susan... No, she didn't do anything with my urine, I don't think. But did you guys, like, have a, a long conversation so she could get to know you at all? or Not all very long. <laughs> I mean, I think that there was just kind of, like, Susan knew me well enough, mm-hmm. and Connie felt like she knew me well enough through Susan and through mm-hmm. the through the um, 
uh, Brooke's birth and also Connie and Jenna, my first midwife with Mayuna, were mm-hmm. really good friends. And so I think there was just kind of like this general understanding of like uh-huh. the other midwives know you and like you've got like the green light check mark. Uh-huh. Like you've been pre-approved. I've, yeah, I was pre-approved. <laughs> so I feel like I kind of got a free pass there, mm-hmm. which was really nice. And that felt good to you, not really knowing Connie, but just kind of having felt her energy for a little bit and yeah. her in your space. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like I f- knew her well enough. Um, yeah, and so I got, we got the birth tub. I remember <laughs> we got the birth tub a couple of weeks early and it was in the middle of the summer and it was so hot. So there was quite a few times where I filled it up. And the kids were splashing around and playing in it. And I was dunking in it. It felt so good. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a couple of times where I told Z, I think maybe you should bring the tub up soon. Because I don't want you to have to go carry it once I'm in <laughs> labor. And mm-hmm. I think he ended up doing that anyway. Do you remember? No, I, th- I think it was set up before. It was. Maybe. I'm still shocked that it fit up the stairs. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember pretty clearly, th- like, the night before I was in labor, I was watching some YouTube videos on how to make reusable snack bags, like, with waterproof <laughs> liner and, like, pretty fabrics. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching those videos and being so excited and so inspired. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to make all these snack bags. I'm going to sew them for the kids. Uh-huh. They're going to be so great. And I was sewing some curtains. And I remember my mom just looking at me and being like, you have a lot of energy right now. I wonder what's <laughs> happening. And of course, she was so excited. Mm-hmm. And, and did you put it together? You're like, no, I'm just. just I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I was like, I, I'm definitely getting a burst of energy uh-huh. here. Pre- and like pre the previous couple of weeks, I felt heavy. Mm-hmm. Like I had heard about women complaining about being pregnant in the heat. And I did mm-hmm. not understand. I guess I just gave birth to Enoa earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I hadn't experienced like too much heat. But for whatever reason, when it was hot out, I felt like I was 300 pounds so heavy I couldn't move and I think Cielo was dropped down pretty low for a while because my mom just kept commenting on how it looked like I had a bowling ball between my (laughs) legs oh and I also remember we went swimming there we have like a really nice swimming hole nearby and we went I think it was literally two or three days before Cielo was born and my mom and I went with the two kids and Mm -hmm. to get down there there's like a pretty steep little path you have to go down and something happened the kids fell asleep and they woke up and they were screaming for whatever reason I had to go up and down this very steep hill like Mm -hmm. 10 times in an hour and my mom was just like Sarah what are you doing and I was a super (laughs) pregnant huge mama going Uh up and down this hill so that maybe had something to do with it but I was kind of amazed with myself it's a pretty treacherous hill yeah yeah slippery rocks but I did it so yeah, I got the burst of energy. Did you feel that with your other two or was this something you just like heard about or just something you intuitively felt meant that birth was coming up? Yeah, I think I'd heard about it. I don't really remember it so clearly with mm-hmm. Mayu and Noe. Not really with Mayu and with Inoa when I was pregnant with him. I also don't remember feeling it. It was it was mm-hmm. definitely more. It wasn't just energy too with Cielo it was like excitement like I just felt super inspired Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make stuff (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so I woke up in the middle of the night pretty much around the same time as when I started feeling birthy feelings when I did with Inoa and I don't know I was just crampy oh for a couple days I had diarrhea too that was also kind of like a Mm-hmm. a I little indication because I had had like some constipation and then there was like a week where I was just like cleaning out I was like okay I think mm-hmm. things are moving along here and I called Mabel the middle of the night yeah, I think like two in the morning or yeah was it, yeah I know, around then I remember calling I think I had to call you twice because I think you were sleeping awesome. the first time and she said okay I'm gonna come over and you set up your salt lamp and you kind of like made things all cozy for me and I remember one of the kids woke up and I had to get them back to sleep and that was very difficult to lay in the bed having contractions Mm. trying to not move 
a muscle and be completely oh. quiet so I didn't wake them up. That was very oh, difficult. No. I was like, oh, he just go to sleep so I can move. Where but, was he? Uh, he was around, but I think at that point... You were still the putter-to-sleeper? I was just, yeah, I was the primary mm-hmm. putter-to-sleeper, and they did not want him. So, yeah, the night moved along, and I remember... I don't know exactly what it, I guess I was just feeling contractions but like I just kept waiting for the mucus plug mm-hmm. and I was like where is it every time I'd wipe I'm like where's the blood where's the mucus where is it not coming oh and I, at some point we called Connie or I called Susan <coughs> I think and she was like I'm busy I'm out of birth you gotta call Connie and I was like okay cool I think this is how <laughs> it's supposed to happen uh-huh. called Connie and she was like all right I'm gonna drive over I'm gonna sit in my car call me when you want me to come in i'll just nap in my car in yeah. the driveway um which i thought was so great yeah it was totally great because she knew that i just mm-hmm. wanted my space and yeah there was quite a few hours that went by where i was just waiting for this mucus plug and it wasn't coming and mm-hmm. i got really fixated on it and really frustrated and i had this idea in my head that this mucus plug I wasn't going to see it then that meant nothing was happening mm-hmm. and my cervix wasn't opening and I must not be moving along and I was really frustrated about it um it's interesting because I feel like the beginning of my labor with Cielo was s- there were some parallels with you know was like I went through these mental places of just mm-hmm. like feeling frustrated and impatient and like, I didn't want to be doing it right then. <laughs> like, uh-huh. nah, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> and if I am going to be doing it right now, let's just get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I guess I feel like the morning came really quickly. I yeah. don't remember being up for that long. Maybe I laid. I think I actually got to nap for a little bit, mm-hmm. now that I'm remembering, which I think was really nice. And... I don't feel like it was too long before I wanted Connie in there. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted her to check me because I was just frustrated. Yeah, you're like, there's no mucus. It's like, there's no mucus plug. What's I happening? don't know what's happening. Where is this baby? How much longer am I going <laughs> to be doing this? And um, she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to check you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can, why don't you check yourself? And so I did and. I think I thought I was probably about six centimeters or that something. Right. Maybe she suggested that we go for a walk then too. Yeah, she did. So we went it's outside. It's a really beautiful day. Oh, it was so hot. I thought it was great. I don't. I remember <laughs> it was really hot and really humid. I didn't want to be wearing clothes. It was so <laughs> uncomfortable walking around. <laughs> and I, I and I remember everyone being around me and feeling really annoyed. Like mm-hmm. had this whole entourage and I was just like irritated about it. I had a great walk. <laughs> but... And then I remember we came around, we made like this loop around our yard and our neighbor's yard and we got to the door and it was like, all right, do I want to keep walking and walk onto the road or are you going to go back inside? I think you asked me or someone, I think it was you. And I was like, I don't think I can go onto the road right mm-hmm. now. Like I don't want to be stopping and squatting every three minutes. So the walk had walking definitely, down the road in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, the walk had definitely helped mm-hmm. for sure. And then I just remember being upstairs in my underwear and there was lots of mantras. I think that's all I wanted was mm-hmm. like mantra music and Tibetan monks. And that was... You listened to the Gayatri mantra over and over. Oh, over it was again. so nice. I loved it. I really, really mm-hmm. loved it. <laughs> yeah. And I danced and Mayuno was there and Inoa was there and they were both so sweet. And they were so excited. And I remember... I prepped them for sure and mm-hmm. Mayu was bringing me cool washcloths and there's some really sweet photos of them with their hands on my back and yeah, it was really I do sweet. remember earlier though I think it was before we went to a walk when you we were still feeling kind of frustrated every couple contractions Mayu would be like is the baby here yet mom <laughs> just so excited and be like no Mayu no <laughs> not here <laughs> I don't remember that um I don't really remember Z much at all <laughs> in laboring, but I kind of... To be honest, I don't either. <laughs> he was probably with the kids, I think. But in reality, I think all my labors, like, I haven't really felt the need to, mm-hmm. like, 
be with him or need him. It's been very much mm-hmm. an internal process. Of course, you know, having him there and feeling him and seeing him has been wonderful and great. But like, I didn't need him there with me every second. And but it definitely seems like once real daylight came and Connie came up and you guys had a chat, you kind of moved away from your mucus plug fixation mm-hmm. and were just really getting into it. Yeah, I think maybe she said maybe she said something to me. I think she did, but like you, you know, some women don't lose it. Yeah. Until quite a while later. yeah i think she said that happening. and she was like you're you're in it like yeah. don't worry you're moving right along and then i was like, okay and that was really great she didn't say many things throughout the whole labor mm-hmm. which i loved she really just sat there and silently and calmly observed mm-hmm. me which was so great and she said a couple things and they were very helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh and the other awkward part about it with connie is that this was beginning of covid right. and we're all still very cautious and so she was like six feet away kind of with her mask inside mm-hmm. at all times and just felt a little like i'm not sure how i'm supposed to interact with this woman in mm-hmm. our house yeah for her it was so yeah. hot so hot and yeah let's see i remember i was dancing a lot and i do remember being going in my room to be alone for a little bit mm-hmm. and getting down in this child pose and doing some like deep humming and moaning and that he was there with you for that point oh yeah i don't (laughs) he was just like standing yeah it felt really good to just be by myself in my room and moan and Mm -hmm. hum and sing along with the mantras and that felt like i was entering this very just like peaceful place getting really in tune with everything and i feel like i was pretty far along at that point yeah um and then eventually i mean it's like pretty straightforward labor Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then eventually got in the tub and moved around i think how long was i in the tub for not that long yeah no i don't have a number for it though yeah i think i felt myself again i checked myself Mm -hmm. again and i was like all right definitely fully dilated i think i feel his head right there and Mm -hmm. The biggest difference between this birth and my first two was the pushing or the lack of pushing. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, so finally, nobody was suggesting that <laughs> I push. Connie didn't, I don't think that word ever came out of her mouth, no. ever. It was just totally up to me. And I, I realized, I think that I've just, I don't really have a really strong urge to push in my labors because I never really felt it in this one or the other ones and towards the very end I kind of just had this feeling like I'm just gonna imagine what it feels like to just let that area be open Mm -hmm. and just I feel like I energetically just relaxed it and and let things I was energetically pushing but not physically pushing not Mm -hmm. even pushing it was just an opening like this portal can open and I did that a couple contractions and just breathed with it. And then I think I maybe pushed two or three times. And it wasn't even like, it kind of felt like gentle pushing, just very, mm-hmm. what's the word? I wasn't overexerting myself. I just felt like I didn't need to. And yeah, I gave. I pushed and I felt his head come on down and I remember at one point I yelled face (laughs) (laughs) and his head came all the way out and I remember in that moment I was like it took him a minute to rotate and I remember thinking maybe I said it out loud like Connie can't you just pull him out like it took a minute (laughs) for my next contraction to Uh come whereas with Mayuna like her head came and then the next contraction came really quick and then I pushed out her body and there was you know a moment between mm-hmm. his head and the rest of his body and i just wanted that thing out of me like mm-hmm. i was about to just like pull him out myself of course i didn't but um yeah and then the next contraction came and i gave another good push and mm-hmm. he was out and i remember connie said you know pick him up face down her i think she said her because we were convinced <laughs> it was a girl uh-huh. again 
and um, I pulled up the baby. Again, I had a pretty short cord, so it was a little mm-hmm. tricky being in the water. Like, I could just barely get him above the water. And I flipped him over, and I think Zee said, oh, it's a boy. And that was just, like, this moment. I, we have such a great photo. We should find it and post it on this. Yeah. Uh, I just, like, threw my head back and laughed. Oh, just, like, <laughs> this cosmic, I don't want to say joke, but just, like, surprise. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was not what I thought. It's a boy. And at that point, for the last, like, I don't know, maybe half an hour of your labor, you know, I was asleep outside, and Mayu had been right there and just so quiet and watchful and so mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. I think your mom was there, too? Yeah, at that point. Yeah, our butt gets in the way of the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember towards the end of the labor, I heard her talking downstairs, and I had said, like, someone tell my mom to go outside. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't stand the sound of her voice right <laughs> now. It was driving me insane. Um, but then she got quiet and she came up and she got to see him come out. And Mm -hmm. I think that was really, really special for her. And I'm really glad she was there. I think it was Mm -hmm. great. And yeah, then he came out and we had our beautiful little moment. His, he was really bruised. His face was very blue from bruising, not Mm -hmm. from not breathing. I think he started breathing it's pretty uneventful. Yeah. yeah. And he cried a little bit. He breathed. There was nothing concerning mm-hmm. about it. And yeah, we were all just in love and amazed. I remember he had so much vernix. And yeah, he was a creamy baby. Yeah. That was. Um, yeah. <laughs> Exciting, I guess. How many weeks were you when you gave birth to Cielo? I think I was right around 40. I think I had mm-hmm. estimated that my due date, quote unquote, was June 25th or 26th. And mm-hmm. he was born the 28th. So pretty close to the due date. And what else? Yeah. So I think I got out of the tub. Mm-hmm. Maybe Connie suggested that I get out of the tub to birth the placenta. Right, because your cord was so short. Cord was really short. I got out. I think the placenta came out just, you know, maybe 10 minutes later or Mm -hmm. something. And I walked to the bed. And in my prepping Mayuna for the birth, like, at that phase of her life, anytime she saw blood, she would freak out. It's like, but mom, I'm bleeding. I need a band-aid. I need a band-aid. I'm bleeding. It's terrible. And so I told her, okay, Mm -hmm. when the baby comes out, there might be some blood, but that doesn't mean that anything is wrong and a band-aid is definitely not gonna help (laughs) yes and um so i had laid down and we got all cozy and i don't know a couple minutes into it she came up to me and she said mom this is a three-year-old talking i'm not scared or anything but that is a lot of blood and connie comes up and she looks and she said yeah that is a lot of blood Mm -hmm. let's see if we can get you to the toilet and maybe expel a clot so and by this point the placenta was out and you'd cut the cord or no i'm trying to remember is he still connected to the placenta i don't know uh, my feeling is that we cut it but to be honest i don't even remember exactly mm-hmm. i think we did i think we did, I think we did. awkward yeah maneuver yeah and so i walked to the bathroom and i remember sitting on the toilet mm-hmm. and the next thing i knew I was hearing lots of voices and things were moving very fast Mm -hmm. and I heard people saying my name and I opened my eyes and I was staring at the ceiling of the bathroom Mm -hmm. and my mom is there and she's going, Sarah, 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 wake up, Sarah, you passed out. I was like, okay. And I just felt the cold (laughs) bathroom floor Mm -hmm. underneath me and I think Connie had put some ammonia under my nose to wake me up kind of remember smelling that so yeah you guys had explained to me that I had passed out and I think I lay there on the floor for how long I don't know exactly I think we got you some tea like honey water Mm -hmm. I think I lay there on the floor for maybe 10 minutes or something like that 10 or 15 and I felt like I was coming back too. And they said, okay, do you want to try to get up again? And 
said, yeah, I think I feel strong enough. At this point, I don't even remember bleeding. Like, I don't think I had a depends on or anything. Mm-hmm. Is there anything like between my legs from... We had put a towel under your butt, I think. Yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't here for that part because I was trying to take my unit somewhere. Oh, yeah. We were bringing the kids to the neighbor's house, yeah. I think. Because um, all of a sudden it was not just like this super chill family cuddle situation. It was yeah. like, maybe my, you should be somewhere else for yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. And I also want to say my apparently my mom was right in... I was sitting on the toilet and she was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And she said that she kind of caught me and helped me gently make myself mm-hmm. to the floor because the the tub is kind of right in front of the toilet and she got really scared because she was saying if if she hadn't been there I would have probably Mm -hmm. just head dived right into the hard bathtub could have been could have been we'll see who knows we won't (laughs) see um (laughs) anyways there I am on the floor I'm drinking some honey water and I feel strong enough to try to get up again and I get to like halfway up I'm like mm-hmm. my legs are still on the ground my torso is up and I go down again mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was so crazy because when I was passed out I was totally in a different world but that huh. world was moving so fast and I heard so many voices and so much chatter like like our voices or there no were other people? like I think I was in between worlds that's mm-hmm. like the only way that I can describe it. Everything was moving so fast and it was like mm-hmm. so many people talking at once. Wow. It was really crazy. I don't know if I've really experienced that before. Have you ever passed out before? Yes, but I don't think I was like out out. Mm-hmm. I think maybe like I caught lost consciousness for a second. And yeah so I came back to you guys woke me up again and mm-hmm. you said Sarah you passed out again <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh okay and I also want to say like I never felt scared yeah the whole I feel like the whole energy was very calm yeah I think for me and Connie also it was like you know this is a little out of the ordinary and probably not ideal but I didn't feel from her and I didn't feel for myself that like anything was super horribly wrong Mm-hmm. Like she needs to rest. She needs some electrolytes. She should stop bleeding. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be okay. Your mm-hmm. mother was a little more freaked out. But mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I remember. Oh yeah. So then, okay. So then I tried to get up. Uh, well, first you woke up the second time, and you were like, "Why'd you put my no, legs?" No, no, no. That like was the this? last time. That was the Th- third time. That was the third time. Oh. So the third time. <laughs> This time I finally got, I got up to my feet. Uh-huh. I think I took about two steps yeah, towards the bathroom the door. door. The bathroom. And this time I woke up a third time. Mm-hmm. I had passed out a third time. And this time I had just like, I got, went down on my knees and then I just went flat back. Mm-hmm. And I woke up with my legs just aching. And I woke up and I said, you guys, why did you put me <laughs> in this position? Like I thought you were doing weird things to me while I was <laughs> unconscious because I just uh-huh. woke up so cramped and uncomfortable. And I just didn't realize what had happened. And at what point did Connie give me the unum bow? Was that earlier? I don't remember the timeline with the IV and the unum bow. Well, the IV was at the end. Mm-hmm. I think maybe right... I think maybe between like the first and second time mm-hmm. of me fainting, she gave me the unum bow. And I think it worked because I don't think yeah, that Yeah, by I the time you got up for the final time, you weren't really bleeding. Yeah, I wasn't bleeding too much. Um, but when I was on the ground the third time, she had su- she had asked me, do you want Pitocin? And I said, no. And she said, can I give you some shepherd's purse? And I said, yeah, sure. I think she asked me a second time if I wanted Pitocin, and I said no. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, I'm going to listen to you. She didn't push it on me, which, of course, I was so grateful. And then she asked me if I wanted an IV, and I remember Z being there, and he was like, you know what? 
you're going to feel a lot better if you get mm-hmm. an IV. And I said, okay, I hate needles, but fine. Mm-hmm. And so I remember she was putting in the needle and I asked my mom, this is cute. I asked my mom to it's tell me a story cute. to distract me. <laughs> and my mom's really into genealogy and stuff. So she starts talking about some great grandmother, aunt lady or something who had 16 children. And I was like, don't talk about having 16 <laughs> children. I don't want to think about that right now. That sounds terrible. Uh-huh. I don't want to think about giving birth to 16 children. <laughs> tell me a different story. <laughs> and so she did. She was like, she was going deep into it. Everyone's full names, mm-hmm. first, middle, last, all yeah. their birthdays on their she remembers whole stuff life like stories. That. I was very impressed. Yeah. So I got the IV. I did. I some toast. I don't think I ate much of it. That sounds <laughs> But the IV helped a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. I felt much better. And then I crawled to the bed. At that point, we decided crawling was the way to go. And that had been, I had been in the bathroom. That was like a almost an hour ordeal yeah, something like that and this whole time the new little baby had been walking around with z's he was playing the rattle right. for him and singing and yeah at one point i think he was really tired so they watched some cartoons together yes. yeah that was that was the weird part was i remember saying multiple times like where's the baby mm-hmm. like i want to hold the baby and i mean i couldn't hold the baby but there's also something really special about z getting to mm-hmm. have that time with him and it's interesting seeing these evolution of becoming a parent like Mm -hmm. in the beginning it was definitely I was definitely the primary and Uh he would go do his stuff and I would change all the diapers and all that stuff but he's much more involved now yeah now here he was with the third one like getting to experience you know people talk about that golden hour right after the baby is born Mm-hmm. And you didn't get that with Cielo, but mm-hmm. Z got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting to just reflect on that because, you know, they talk about how important that time is for mm-hmm. bonding. And I just wonder about it because I do think it is so valuable. And there's a part of me that feels like I, I don't feel like my bond with him mm-hmm. was jeopardized in any way. Yeah. yeah. So... And finally made it back to the bed. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what happened then. I probably went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I ate a little bit of something and had the sweet little babe. And I remember my mom would not let me walk to the bathroom. Nope. Or crawl to the bathroom. Or crawl to the bathroom. Right. I had to go to the bathroom in the bedpan for the first. Under supervision under supervision for the first 24 hours she was very concerned that i was gonna pass out again mm-hmm. she was mothering me for sure which was fine and yeah so the next couple days i was in the bed and i felt very weak mm-hmm. that was certainly the weakest that i ever felt but it was amazing to feel over the course of a couple days feeling my strength come back and Mabel was there, and she was making me wonderful, delicious. All kinds of squishy rice puddings. With appropriate postpartum food. And yeah, and this postpartum, even though I had known about the importance of postpartum diet from the beginning, I had never followed it mm-hmm. fully to a T. And the third time around, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Well, you still didn't do it all the way. You're right. I didn't. I still had some raspberries. I had some quiches. <laughs> You're right. Fourth time. Still got another <laughs> chance. But still, I felt a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, day one, I had huge, amazing poop. It was so great. You told me about it. You were so yeah. excited. And, like, day two. And, like, my ju- digestion felt amazing. I felt mm-hmm. so... Everything felt so smooth and easy and awesome. Right. And I had made nine quiches earlier That's in the pregnancy and had... Froze them. I froze them, and every time I had a little piece, I was like, "Hmm, I want to eat this, but mm-hmm. this is not what I need right now." Yeah, I was really. It was good for me to see like how in touch Sarah could be with her own self and her own system, and really like feel the subtlest of changes of things. Like, I think one day someone made rice or something that was not 
rice soup it was just rice and she was like you know what i think i think it's time to go back to mush Mm -hmm. like even just that subtle change i felt it in my body and it didn't feel good so yeah let's go back to mushy lentils yeah and i really just wanted mush Mm -hmm. like it felt so right normally i don't like that stuff at all but Mm -hmm. that's really what i needed and if yeah it felt great to feel that in tune and usually like i love cheese and i would eat bread and i love eggs and Mm -hmm. i just that's not what I needed. Um, I wanted to go back to the dramatic part of the birth. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, I mean, it's great that Connie was there for the expertise that she provided and the fact that she had, well, I think we actually provided the Unibio, but <laughs> she had the IV and she had the just the experience. But do you think, like, is there any part of you that wonders what would have happened differently if Connie wasn't there or... Yeah, definitely. Um, I do wonder, and I don't think there's any way to really know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think overall I'm really glad she was there because I do feel like she just provided this kind of angelic guardian angel mm-hmm. energy of, you know, I think in times of uncertainty when you're in a new situation and you don't really know what's happening and where things are at it's nice to have someone to turn to and you know because she was calm and like had was holding down that that pillar of confidence I Mm -hmm. think well I don't know I was not really there (laughs) I was but I wasn't Uh but my memory of just the feeling of the room was like all right we have to take care of this but yeah we're not in a dire situation Yeah. yeah and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you would have been like if it was just you. I'm sure my mom would have been concerned. Yeah, I think she would have been more concerned if Connie wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I think Z probably would have been pretty mm-hmm. freaked out. So, yeah. And do you have any insights? Have you had any insights as to why this happened? Like, I know a lot of things just aren't explainable, but do you think there was a specific teaching in there that you needed for your... I don't know, either your life as a parent going forward or your future midwifery career, or was there like something energetic or emotional that was going on there? Yeah, that's a great question. I've thought about this a little bit, and just in terms of like what we've learned about in school with the leaving the third stage, the physiological third stage, and just letting, um, letting mom and baby be undisturbed and the oxytocin oxytocin to flow as needed um I feel like all of that happened in the way that I needed like I Mm -hmm. don't feel like there was a disruption that my body then wasn't able to clamp down and bleed um stop bleeding yes thank you clamp down and stop bleeding I have two theories one is that like maybe just because I laid down there was things like a clot formed and it just Mm -hmm. wasn't oh and I do remember the one part that Connie came in that I didn't love was when I was first laying down she wanted to massage my uterus and Mm -hmm. it was really tender and I was like uh please don't do that I really don't like that Mm -hmm. and she was like okay well I think it's gonna help and I didn't want her to do it so I don't know that that is definitely still an open question for me of like, do we need to be massaging the uterus? Is that necessary? If she, if I let her done that, would that have changed anything? Mm-hmm. I remember feeling my uterus and it felt quite firm and hard and low. Um, which makes me think that maybe it was a clot that was blocking things a little bit. But yeah, I don't really have a clear answer. Mm-hmm. But I've also wondered, you know, maybe because it was the third baby pretty close together maybe my uterus was just kind of tired even though it felt firm to Mm -hmm. me maybe it wasn't able to be quite as effective as it needed to be Mm -hmm. and yeah I don't know do you have any reflections on well I think for me it was like I've often kind of idealized free birth of like oh we don't need anyone women's bodies can just do it ourselves yada yada and it's not that I don't believe that after that experience, but it was just really useful, especially imagining myself as a future midwife to see like, 
why are we actually here like what are we doing to help women give birth why what is our role mm-hmm. and i think connie really perfectly exemplified that that when things were going when things were going great she was just there like holding that space yeah i remember at one point she was like i'm gonna go in the other room to do some tai chi and i was like great <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. and like while you're in the pool she was just sitting on the stairs like i don't know the other side of the room doing something on her ipad or whatever mm-hmm. and i think for me it was a really good example of how to be the kind of midwife that i want to be mm-hmm. like when something is needed you can show up and you can very calmly be like all right here's what's happening we need to do something. I still completely respect the way you want to do things. And I'm here with the knowledge and experience that I have to support you in this. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when things are moving along, there's no reason to say, hmm, maybe you want to push now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But back to like the question of do what did I like? Why do I feel like that happened? Or like if there was deeper meaning behind it? Um. I don't I don't know if there is or was any message for me to receive I I don't think I've quite received it yet (laughs) like it didn't come through super clear but I think maybe what did come through or maybe this was the message is like sometimes you just don't know like Mm -hmm. birth is a mystery and sometimes things happen and there's not a super clear explanation and mm-hmm. I think like that was the main thing was, you know, I I lost some blood. We don't know exactly how much, enough to make me faint three times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also wondering about my blood pressure. I remember she took my blood pressure. Do you remember what? It was n- low, mm-hmm. not like horribly alarmingly so, but it mm-hmm. was definitely low. Yeah. I think your mom actually took your blood pressure, did she? Yeah, maybe. She was very cute up there in her scrubs. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> my mom, just a little background on my mom. She, she went to school to be a phlebotomist, and she worked at a as a phlebotomist for a couple years, and then she was a nurse's aide for like ten years. So she has a lot of experience mm-hmm. in the hospital and with medical stuff. And she also has five children. Um, the last one was birth, born at home. And she post she hemorrhaged with the last one, and mm-hmm. that was scary. And she was taken off in an ambulance to the hospital. Yeah. So that's an interesting piece there too that I've reflected on a little bit. But um, you were born in the hospital. Yes, <laughs> but it was a pretty sure everything was natural. I don't I don't think she had any drugs or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe part of that was a lesson for your mother. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. And another piece that was interesting with Scalo is that he did have quite a bit of bruising on his face. And that was something that Connie was a little bit concerned mm-hmm. about. His eyelids were all blue and puffy. And right. Kind of swollen shut. And yeah. he had a decent amount of um, molding. molding. And I remember Connie asking if I wanted vitamin K. And I said no. And and I could tell that was also an mm-hmm. edge for her. She was like, okay, like, I am a little bit concerned. If it was up to me, I would give it to him. I'm going to leave it here. Mm-hmm. And the concern was that the bruising in the face may also mean that he had some kind of bruising De- to his brain. Or right, some deeper. Excess trauma in right. his head. Right. And that if he didn't get vitamin K, he might just be bleeding internally. Right. Yeah, and she actually left the vitamin mm-hmm. K for me to give him myself if I wanted and I was seriously considering it because yeah. I didn't know and it was a little scary because I just that wasn't something that I was really super clued in on mm-hmm. what the chances were and I remember checking in with Mary and Margo and they were like you know that's really for babies who are sick and doesn't sound like he's sick and I explained the situation and I decided not to do it mm-hmm and he was fine but I think like always listen to yourself I think I I think I did have a moment of just really tuning in and feeling like no he's he's okay he doesn't need this Mm -hmm. um yeah another piece postpartum I remember I was having some pretty serious headaches there was like Mm -hmm. the three days following I just was having these 
dull ongoing headaches and I was thinking maybe I'm dehydrated and I was drinking so much water so much tea so much coconut water (laughs) and I was like okay this is not what's happening this is not the issue because I'm fully hydrated right now and I uh, remember posting on the indie birth blog or whatever it is the indie birth network about having this headache and Marin had suggested go, going to the chiropractor and mm-hmm. I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to go because of the pandemic, yada, yada. But I remember waking up one morning and feeling like I just need to lay down without my pillow. Mm-hmm. And I lay down, I took an hour nap without my pillow and I woke up and the headache was gone like night and day. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool because my body was able to adjust itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Cielo, he's so sweet. He really is. Yeah, took us a while to pick out a name for him. A long time. Everyone was just calling him Silver. A really long time. Everyone called him Silver. I had so many names. Z didn't like any of them. <laughs> I wanted to name him Kisho, which means like... It's funny because she was eating so much Kisho. <laughs> he who knows himself in Japanese or something like that. I still think that's a cool name. But Cielo is his name. He's so sweet and heavenly i love Mm -hmm. him so much and there's one other piece oh yeah i just wanted to touch back on the thing with my hip and the chiropractic um because i did finally go see a chiropractor Mm -hmm. however many months later and it helped immensely and i forgot to say that part of the pregnancy my tailbone was just like aching yeah i remember that for months and months and months to the point where it just was kind of a normal thing Mm -hmm. i just got so used to it Sucks. And finally, I think I was about six months postpartum when I finally was like, I'm going to the chiropractor. Mm-hmm. I don't care what <laughs> thing is out there. Mm-hmm. I'm taking care of myself. And it made a huge difference. I went for three or four months and feeling much, much better. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage every pregnant lady to go to the <laughs> chiropractor if they're not feeling super great. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I feel like there's something else about Cielo that I wanted to say. Um, I guess did you want to talk at all about what your postpartum time looked like with two toddlers? Oh right, right. And Z going back to work. Yeah. So the plan was for Z to take two weeks off of work. <laughs> Good luck. For those of you who don't know, we have a very small organic farm. And, and Sarah has a workaholic as a husband. Yeah. I don't like to say that he's a workaholic. I mean, he's self-proclaimed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> he works really hard and he mm-hmm. works a lot. And I mean, I think the reality is, is on a farm, there's just always more to do. I'm, yeah. I feel him. There's always something to do. And we've had two babies in the middle of the summer, which baby number four is coming in the fall or the winter, <laughs> but it's not coming yet. Okay. No announcements yet. No announcements yet. Um, anyways, so he said he was going to take off two weeks. Mm-hmm. My mom was going to be there. We had hired this girl in the community to help take care. And Mabel was... To take care of the kids. Take care of the two toddlers, Mayu and Noe. Mm-hmm. And Mabel was um, making me food and doing six baths. I like took two weeks off the farm, too, to take care of you. Right. Yeah, you did. So, so you ended up going back to work after, like, how many days? Three days. That's that's about his max. <laughs> Although he said with the next baby, he's taking off a month. He and a did half. say that. I hope that happens. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But pretty much with every baby, he's gone back to work about mm-hmm. three days afterwards. Um, so yeah, it was about day three. He was trying to get the kids to come outside and work with him, and you know it all worked out. However. My mom was stressed out because no one was sticking to the schedule. Uh She likes schedules. And I did make a pretty good color-coordinated schedule. Yes, but Z is also not good at sticking to schedules. Um, It was also a little difficult because the kids did not like the girl that we hired to babysit. Mm -hmm. They wanted nothing to do with her. That was stressful because... They just were crying and she was like standing in my doorway trying to get, yes, they were being really mean to her and it was just awkward and it was difficult. I remember doing a Yoni steam with this girl who we had (laughs) hired 
in my room super close with. i think my mom was in my room and like mm-hmm. one other person was in my room and the kids were crying and i was like i guess this is just <laughs> what life is like when you have three kids and we also have i have this great photo of like the baby sleeping noe next to him snuggling and mayu having a tantrum and like screaming her head <laughs> off and they're all lined up on my bed <laughs> I will say that Cielo learned how to sleep through mm-hmm. very loud noises from very early on, which is a great plus. Yeah. He's super tough. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember even like day two of his life, Mayuna really wanted to hold him and was like mm-hmm. trying to pick him up and carry him yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I got a decent amount of rest. Yeah. I remember, did. I think I was upstairs for about a month. And I remember about a month I was downstairs. I had him wrapped up and I was cooking. <laughs> it was really shocking to see you in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, wow, I forgot you could exist on this level of the house. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I got a decent amount of rest. I think next time we will need more help. Mm-hmm. Of course. But it all worked out. Oh, and the other huge thing was that there happened to be another new neighbor girl who moved in a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago and the kids loved her Mm -hmm. and we asked her if she could take over the nanny position and she said yes so that was a huge relief so then she also happens to be an expert in ayurvedic postpartum massages right she does (laughs) her name is hillary she's the best she still watches the kids we're gonna have her on this podcast one day yes a year and a half later so that was a big saving grace. Mm-hmm. And so it all worked out. And the other thing is the, you know, it's not like for work. He has to drive an hour away. He's always right there. If you right. really needed something, you could just yell out the window for him. Right. Which I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else about Cielo? Mm-hmm. Birth, pregnancy, postpartum. He's just so cute. We definitely have to put a picture of him the way he is now on this episode because it's so cute (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i just feel like he's such a chill happy go lucky little creature Mm -hmm. and i think there's something to be said too for like the all the mantras that i was listening to in the labor (laughs) and i feel like he definitely has some line of just I don't, Tibetan I, lineage. Yeah, it was just like this very big, peaceful heart. And mm-hmm. I was telling Mabel last night that he woke up last night. He wasn't feeling so well. And he was just singing himself to sleep. And it sounded almost identical to this woman that we know who is teaching us these mantras. And he was just singing them for like, he sung me to sleep. But they were <laughs> so beautiful and specific. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this it was amazing. It was really special. So. I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, it's been really great to, you know, like be able to, I was interacting with him while he was in the womb, like every week feeling mm-hmm. him and listening to his heart and then being there for his birth and now getting to see him every day. It's really special. Yeah. We're good friends. Yeah, definitely. And now he likes to come and blow raspberries on my belly and he comes over and says, baby. Uh-huh. It's very cute. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah, I think that's about it. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a beautiful evening and take care of yourself. Morning or whatever time you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, here's evening. It got dark outside fast. Yeah. Take good care. Eat good food. Snuggle with your loved ones. (laughs) Yeah. Ciao.